This is Candid Conversations with Dr. Mayfield, a podcast that resources parents, families, and friends with tools to have important conversations about mental and emotional health. This podcast is brought to you by Mayfield Counseling Centers, helping you find clarity, hope, and purpose. Thank you for joining us again on Candid Conversations. We are back with the Tyler. The Tyler. <laughs> Boom. Uh, one of the owners and founders of Loyal Coffee. Mm-hmm. You've been around coffee for how many years now? I mean, probably, let's see, probably since 2010. Okay, so a good 10 years. Yep. Uh, a whole decade of the teens yes, or yes, whatever yes. we can call that decade. Yes. Today, Mark. <laughs> like, what do we call that decade? I yeah, know. I, don't, I have I no idea. That, yeah. <laughs> Today, Mark and I want to kind of talk about, we've talked about safe places before on this podcast, and we mentioned that a coffee shop may or may not be that safe place. Sure. But regardless of whether it is or not, I think a lot of really meaningful conversations end up happening in a coffee shop. Yep. And I want to pick your brain a little bit on why that is, what you notice, Mm -hmm. uh, and then just have a conversation about what does going to coffee mean? Yeah, well, and then I think too, also giving some practical steps. I think last podcast was fantastic, and yeah, so thank you. giving our listeners, like, I don't know if you could boil it down to three things, but if you, sure. could, you know, before we finish today, like, what are the three things that mm-hmm. we can do in our own families, in our marriages, in our own households, to begin to uh, engage a spirit and a culture of hospitality? Yeah, yeah I think um, you know a lot of people who study human behavior and and culture and things. You know, they talk a lot about the third space. Yeah. You know, and, and for a long time, you know, the third space was, uh, you know, was was often just the pub. Mm-hmm. And when we talk about third space, that's a place that's not home. And that's not work. But the third space to have human to human interaction, to have those conversations, a place to exist, you know, and he, and and work comes with a lot of its own complications. Home comes with its own complications. And so the third space for most of history has existed uh, as a, as really that safe place to mm-hmm to exist, to have a little less stress, you know, but for a lot of times that really only existed for males on their way home from work, you know, or, <laughs> the, or by that the tavern. thing. And, and, and so, you know, that never really existed much. And then, you know, there's obviously folks out there who don't consume alcohol or, you know, for whatever reasons wouldn't go to a pub. And so, you know, that's a big reason why, for example, when we have seen the big coffee shop boom in the, you know, late eighties and nineties, especially, um, because it was another opportunity to have a third space. Mm-hmm. And I think what we saw was like, you know, when you see a Starbucks literally on every corner, the demand was there. Right. Yeah. Like humanity was desperate to have a place where people could go and connect. And that's why they were all full. And all of a sudden, everybody was at their coffee shops all the time. And and I think, so for starters, like it's just so cool to think about how like, how really it is in our DNA to have spaces hmm. where you do need that hmm. potentially that's that's outside of again home and right. work. So I think that's like the kind of foundation. And there's tons of great books about that um, and a lot of study about why that is. But but I think the proof obviously is is already in the pudding on some level of like when we saw coffee shops happen the way they did is that like pubs and taverns, you know, still do what they do. Right. But then you saw the coffee shops too, and yeah. now all of a sudden they are also needing that need, which is, which is a really interesting thing to kind of think about. And look at media and TV and movies, you know, you look at, uh, you know, my point of reference right now, my wife and I are watching Frasier and Cheers and that kind so of stuff. So good. But you know, like the, the Cheers, the whole, the whole premise mm-hmm. of the, the yeah. show was at this bar, yep. but you look at like even the show Frasier or other shows, sure. coffee shops are like kind of the center yeah, of friends. Yeah. Yeah. We can't and, not mention friends with this. Right. Yes. And, and it's, I think it's, a, it's an interesting, um, phenomenon 
that this has become a place that yes. people. I mean, and I mean, you know, brag on you a little bit. I mean, how many? How long has the North Office been? Or the North? Um, yeah, the coffee shop been open. Yeah. Oh, uh, it's October, so just you know, five months or five something. Months. Yeah, I I have to get here at six in the morning to yes. find a booth mm-hmm. because totally. if I get here at like seven, yeah, everything's. I mean, and that's just a testament to what you're talking about. Sure. It's that third space, but it's also the, the hospitality and the service, like we talked about last podcast. Yep. Um, but I think the proof's in the pudding. Like, yes. Like yeah, people it's need it and people want it. And um, yeah, I think there's you know it's it's funny you ask me about conversations, yeah. the conversations people have in in coffee shops. You know, I see that from two perspectives, right? Um, you know, there's the obvious, like, two people go and meet at coffee shops. And there's also the conversations I, as a barista or a bartender, have yeah. across the bar. So it's yeah. it's interesting. So when you say that, like, that evokes two different perspectives in me yeah. that I do think is really interesting. That's so yeah. um, so I, think, I think when it comes to uh, why do people have conversations at coffee shops and why that might be, it might be safe. You know, I, I do think... You know, whenever whenever your environment changes, whenever you change an environment, I think it often invokes a sense of inspiration. Mm. It invokes a sense of like almost inspiration or maybe even just a little bit of like discombobulation. Mm. When you change your environment, you see things differently. Yeah. So you're willing to say things differently. You're willing to tap into a different part of your of your spirit or your soul. I think that's why whenever anybody comes home from a vacation, they're always so inspired. Right. You know, they, yeah. they were like shocked out of their like monotony. Right. And so even going into a place with different design or music, you know, it's just different than what they've been in for the last week. Yeah. And so I think that's why people feel like they can have good conversations is because it's it's just shocked their mind out of the daily grind. I it's like just that. shocked their spirit out of the, the the things that they've done. And I think that's why, you know, in, in I have marriage, to. And the daily yes. grind probably helps. Yes. Hey, that's it. Hey, there it is. <laughs> there it is. <laughs> nice. Um, but like, but like even like in a marriage, you know, it's like, okay, you know, like we just need to go on a walk. Like, why do you have better conversations when you're on a walk? Yeah. Than just at the kitchen you're table. You're not distracted. You're you're in a different environment. You can fresh yeah. air. You're like moving. like yeah. to moving. even get to the coffee shop, you have to go on a walk or get in the car to get there. Right. Like you've had that time to even process and anticipate and think about it. Like so there's some sense of preparation. There's yeah. some sense of anticipation. There's a little bit of intentionality and planning behind it. Yep. Right. When my wife and I say, okay, we're gonna sit down and have this conversation, those often go way better than when just like crap comes up and, and hits the fan yes. and then we're just talking about it out of nowhere. Right. Yep. Those conversations are way worse than the ones of saying, okay, like we've got some stuff to deal with, like let's deal with it and we're going to sit down and we're going to talk about it. Those ones always go better with intentionality. Well, yeah. I don't know about you, but when we do that too, it's not, we're not going to sit where the TV is. We're going to go sit in mm-hmm. the kitchen or we're going to go sit totally. in the office. Totally. So that intentionality of creating a different space for different conversations yes. is really important yep, too. And yeah. Like even on a side note, Loyal Coffees never had televisions, and none of our establishments <laughs> in our organization will ever have a television. Which is fantastic. For whatever that's We applaud you. We're very proud yes. of that. I'm curious. Yeah. Um, so last episode, we talked about the this. Uh, we touched yep. barely on the science of coffee yep. and uh, the skill that it takes and the skill that you have of mm-hmm. winning a bunch of awards sure. and then teaching people how to win those awards. <laughs> yes. um, still super impressive. And there's this this strong community in Colorado Springs mm-hmm. of coffee that I love. But I think that, you know, apart from just the third space, yes. I think that there's an element about coffee mm-hmm. uh, that is worth mentioning in this conversation. Sure. Is, yeah. And so I'm going to pose it to you by simply asking why coffee? Yes. Yeah, that's a good question. So I'm going to I get I'll get I'll give you two answers. I'll give you one that's like kind of meta. 
And then I'll maybe give one that's a little more practical. I think in somewhere in coffee's DNA, in the spirit of coffee, if there is such a thing, there's an aspect of, of community. Sure. You know, different than a lot of products we consume, coffee takes a lot of work and a lot of human connection in order to make it happen. Yes. Mm. So like one pound of coffee, for example, is one year of a tree's life. So we're already talking about mother nature and what like the environment has to do in order to just produce a little bit of coffee. Right. And depending on where that coffee is, depending on if it's in North, or, you know, if it's in like South America or Central America, if it's in, you know, Africa, you know, Indonesia or wherever, like, like all of those environments will impact the way that coffee tastes because of how it's grown and that type of thing. And then you have people who work at those farms who are cultivating the land and working with the product and they're all investing, you know, in that. And, and that takes a lot of work and effort and time. And it's such a beautiful skill set. Then you have folks that go out there and like, and as far as our coffee is concerned, and it's different, there's varying scales, obviously, of quality of coffee. Sure. But like coffee that's like in the kind of upper tier, like here at Loyal, there's people that have to pick those coffee cherries off the coffee tree within a specific window of time yeah. when it's at its peak ripeness, right? And that's just to get what's called the coffee cherry. And then after that, there's this thing called processing where you have to get the little coffee seed out of the coffee cherry. And that's an entire industry in it of itself with tons of science involved, a ton of effort. So you have this processing method, that one that takes a lot of time, skills, development, and still, you only have a green bean that's still in its country of origin. So then we're talking about exporting. What does that take? You know, the all of the politics involved with that, all the time, effort, the marketing, the branding to export coffee, that whole ecosystem of that. That's all before it ever gets to a place like Colorado Springs, where then we roast it, which is another skill of somebody who is roasting a coffee to, in order for it to taste the way we want it to taste. But like for our roaster here, his name is Bevin. He can only roast so well if the at least 15 to 20 people before him have done their job really yeah. well. And then his roasting is, is, is connected to that. But even if all those people do their job well, he roasts it and then sells it to a coffee shop. The baristas still have to brew it well. Yeah. So they still have to do their job well. So the barista here trying to do a really good job is honoring hundreds and literally thousands of hours worth of people's work, let alone what happens in the environment and stuff in order to give somebody, there's a communal aspect. It's Absolutely. we're connected to yeah. a lot of humans. And so however you feel like the universe works or whatever, like there's some spirit of connection in oh, there, there is. that just too. is connected. And so yeah. I think in its DNA, like coffee is supposed to be because it's connected so many people for it to even get in our cup. How how could it be that it's not supposed to be consumed among people? Yeah, you know what I mean. Yeah, so, totally. So that's like a little crop to cup, like little example. Um, and I think I think coffee. I think I think coffee as well is is accessible. It, it really is an accessible thing. And and um, I think coffee has been so ingrained in culture and and in rhythms of life. I think to get a little bit more practical, like the way people started to consume coffee was really you know. You know, you probably we just think of our grandparents drinking like really bitter, really strong, really muddy, dark oh, yeah. cowboy coffee. Yep. And it became so much a part of the rhythm. It became a safe place in their day. Yeah. You know, it, at least, you know, who knows what's going to happen at work? Who knows what's going to happen with my wife? Who knows what's going to happen with my kids? At least I have my cup of coffee. It's one of the most consistent things in people's life. Mm hmm. So people know how they like it. They know how they want it brewed. They know how they want it to taste. It's consistent. 
And so I think one of the reasons when people want to maybe enter into conversations, whether they're joyous conversations, whether they're hard conversations, whether they're scary conversations, first dates, like whatever it may be, coffee is consistent Hmm. for lifetimes, generations. It's been the safe, consistent thing in our daily rhythm, right? And so I think when we're when we're gonna have a hard conversation, you're yeah. gonna say, Tyler, like your mom just passed away. How are you doing? Like at least like that's a foreign conversation, but at least this, this I have is, something right. that's right. safe and something that's consistent. No, no matter how small that may be, yeah. Yeah. consistency and safe things are the foundation for us to enter into dangerous places. Well, and so Mark, I'd love for you to talk to the talk to this idea. We have several grounding techniques within trauma right. that we suggest that sound very similar to what Tyler is saying. Well, it, very much so. And I, before I go there, I think, you know, you think about what is the first thing you see when you walk into Mayfield counseling, it's not good coffee. Right. I don't, I don't, you know, I won't say the brand name, but it's, but yes. it's something that provides safety. And I cannot tell yes. you how many times we have clients that thank us for that cup of coffee. Yep, it's awesome. Because it's that safety piece. And, we do and that. I bring my own. Right. I, I bring my right, own every right, time. Right. You know? But it's that intentionality yeah. piece. But some of the things that, that I'm thinking about too, some of the, the best memories that I have still and the things we look forward to most about going to my in-laws house in Texas mm. is morning on the patio, drinking a cup of coffee yep. and having deep conversations. My wife and I, uh, we're usually up about 6, 6.30, and we're in my office with a good cup of coffee having conversations. So I think that brings yep. that so good. full circle. But the grounding techniques, I think, is just, it's, you know, we, we talk about mindful meditation, you know, and all that kind of stuff in, in counseling, how to keep us grounded in the present moment. And there's so many different things that we do as therapists, but this, I mean, this is this is basically it. Yeah, It's that, that simple, safe piece that keeps you in the present moment, no matter what conversation you're having. Exactly. And it, it creates that safety and security yeah. um, that I don't think we pay attention to as much. Mm-hmm. But I think you bringing this up and having this conversation—it's yeah. it's important. I think I think to touch on something else, you had mentioned conversations that happen in 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 places like this. Yeah. yeah. And I mentioned like I know you're kind of getting that like why do people gather? But I said you know like you, thinking about it through my perspective as well, like as a bartender, yeah. as a as a yep. like why do why do why do those happen? Totally. And I think. You know, they're one of my mentors, he says often, he says, consistency breeds credibility. Yes. Mm. And and the reality is, is coffee shops, cocktail bars, people in the hospitality industry are often the most consistent people in a lot of people's lives. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Like I am a staple in hundreds of people's lives. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Like I'm literally for some people, the most constant thing in their existence. Yes. And so there's a reason why they come again. I think the coffee could get worse. Sure. But if I'm still here, and, yeah. and not just me, but whoever the barista is, sure. whoever the bartender is, me as a symbol of yeah. the hospitality professional, like we are those consistent figures yeah. in yeah. their lives. I mean, I've seen people get engaged. I've seen people get divorced. I've seen people celebrate their divorces. I've seen people <laughs> get married. I've seen pe- like I've seen it all because yep. they want me to experience it with them. Right. Yep. It's crazy. Like I'm not qualified for any of this stuff, <laughs> but like, you know, but it just happens because I'm consistent. And I think, you know, it's interesting in the last podcast, you asked me about, about parenting and hospitality and things. And I think, I think for me, one of the things like, you know, that, that would be so important to me is that, is that I could offer my son some consistency. Mm. And I think seeing the, the, the reality of how important I am in other people's lives, like regulars that I've had for 10 years. Yeah. And, and when I'm gone, they notice they are hurt when I'm gone. If they have a bad day, 
um, you know, they and they and I'm not there. It's hard for them. And and I got to be careful not to take all the responsibility sure, totally. for, for, for their well-being and mental health and stuff. But the reality is, is like I've seen the power of my consistency. And so I think for as far as, as things go with Elias, my son, um, I think consistency is something that I'm, I'm learning how important that really that's is. Like and totally. then that, that that's a really, really big deal. So true about kids. We cra- um, Humans crave structure, structure and kids yeah. are the prime example of they need structure. Yep, the healthiest right. thing, the safest thing, yep. the most encouraging thing is yep. some form of structure. Totally. Well, let's, let's break down maybe in the last bit of our podcast, yep. like what would be three or four things that you could encourage our listeners to go, okay, Tyler, this is fantastic. I've yes. loved the last two podcasts. Yep. Help me begin. I've not been, I, maybe I didn't have a model growing up of this. Sure. Maybe I didn't have, uh, you know, any concept. I want, I, I want it. What are some three, three or four things, five things, whatever you think of yeah. that we could give our listeners to practically begin to do in their yeah. own life? Yeah, I think, I think for one, um, again, people, when people ask me how to, how can I make a loyal coffee when I start my business? You know, how do I make it successful like that? And again, they, they often go to the interior design sure. or the quality of the product or they go all of that. And I, and I say, listen, like people want me to come and consult with them and, and talk about those things, which I'm more than willing to do. But the course that I offer the most and the course that I teach the most is actually about hiring. Mm. And I talk hiring good people because you need to bring in the people that can provide that. The reason I bring that up is because the people matter the most. Yes. Mm-hmm. And so we can talk about all these other things, but the people matter the most. And so if you are longing to be more hospitable, to look at your left or look at your right and see the needs of your neighbor, like you first need to be the type of person that can do that. Meaning you have to take care of yourself. Yes. You have to be healthy. You have to be, um, yeah, you you just have to be in the right place. Doesn't mean you got to be perfect. Sure. Like my employees aren't perfect, but my employees are prone to provide good hospitality focused experiences because we found people that are more prone than others to do that. Yes. And so there are things that we all can do in our own life that will make us more prone than others to provide the type of experiences or a spirit of hospitality to our family, to our neighbors, to our coworkers, to our employees. So first and foremost, we got to think about the people yep. and those people first is us. Yeah. And so I think that's a good place. That's, good. that's just a really important place to start. You know, I mean, you know, the overflow of our hearts is what's going to happen. And so like, you know, if we're poisoned on the inside, like you just can't do it. And so, um, so maybe that means taking the step back, you know, going to counseling, you know, doing yoga, you know, whatever it is like, like do your thing. So I think that's first and foremost, I do think the practice of, you know, taking your shoes off and, and putting yourself in the shoes of other people. Mm -hmm. I would say that is for most people, a skill to be learned. Yes, it is. And I think that is something that's worth practicing. Um, and so I think it's a thing when you're ever you're trying to develop a skill, you need to know that it's uh, that there's failure involved and that you're mm-hmm. going to miss. You're going to strike out once in a while, but it's something that you have to develop. Right? Mm-hmm. And so I think one of my pieces of advice is is really just just trying to figure it out and figure it out for yourself. And, and what are the things that come to you? Like what intuitions do you have? And acting on them and seeing if they're right or seeing if they're wrong. And then you can ask yourself, was my intuition right or wrong? When this person came over to my house, why was that a weird experience? Mm. You know, and then just think about it. Like, man, that felt off. I wonder why. But at least I tried and now I'm going to invite him over right. again. Right. So I think learning how to do those things is something that you have to develop over time. It's, yep. just, it's just really the really the bottom line. But I think, I think learning and listening has got to be the most important thing. Mm. I mean, it really is. Seeing things through the perspective of other people more than more than anything else, and that's why I think loyal 
does really well, you know, and, and, and in order to do that, you have to be humble. Yes. Like if I'll be totally honest, like loyal coffee, like aesthetically, you know, even with some of the products we serve is not a manifestation of the things that I like and just love, Mm. you know, but also the same thing in the interior design, even my own home, Mm. like you have to be humble enough to compromise and do things like I don't drink so many of the things that we serve here, but you know who does? Our guests, because that's what they want. Right. And guess what? That's why they love to come here. Right. But here's when it all is said and done. The reason I'm okay with that is because I know what my end goal yes. is. Yeah. Okay. I didn't build Loyal Coffee to be Tyler Hill's Coffee Fun House. Right. Right. right? And if I did, it'd be fine and there'd be less people and it would be exactly what I wanted and that's okay. But I built Loyal Coffee to be a place of hospitality, to be a community place, which means it makes sense that I'm willing to sacrifice some things that I may like or don't like, you know, in order for the overall experience. But it's because I knew what my end goal was. Yes. We all need to know what our end goal is. And so if you want your marriage to be healthy, if you want to have a good family unit, if you want your company culture to be well, you need to identify what the end goal is so that you can make the appropriate decisions along the way to get there, which means some of the things might not be within your wheelhouse. Some of the things might not be things you're really excited about. They may be, you know, just a little different, but that's okay because you know what the end goal is. And if it's helping you get there, then that's all right. Yeah. So So I think really knowing what that end goal is, whether that's the influence you want to have in your community, in your company, in your marriage, um, being able to identify that first and foremost will help you make the decisions over time. And I think that's what we've done here. And that's why it's not a big deal that, you know, you know, I'm a little more rough around the edges. I'm not quite as like polished and like frou-frou as like the design is, but that's okay. It's okay. Because I know that community is gathering and that's all right. And so know what our end goal is personally, spiritually, physically, in your marriage, in your communities, and those will help inform your decisions in a really strong way. Yeah, there's a book that. that I think I think you've read with uh, a mutual friend of ours, uh, Gabe Jacobson and mm-hmm. Stephen Deloche mm-hmm. and some of them, of Knowing Your Why. Yeah, oh yeah. And that sounds oh, like Lord. exactly what you're talking it's about. Good. Oh, uh, I love that book. Yep. <laughs> like it's, yep. not, it's not a matter of, there's this concept of find one thing that you can do and do it perfectly. Yeah. And instead... Find your why. What is your purpose? What yes. drives you? Yes. And do whatever you can do well yes. towards that goal. Mm-hmm. Yep. And I and I think like one thing that I'm noticing too, in in just as I'm thinking about loyal coffee and Mayfield, is that hiring process is really important for both of our yes. teams. Oh yeah. And one of the things that allows us to do our why as a company is the people that we surround ourselves with and join into that mission and yes. vision. And I think that's not only true for companies, but for families oh, and right. friendships, Entirely. surrounding yourself with the people Entirely. that are going to empower you to do your why. Well, and we hire, we hire, we have hired consistently over the last five years for attitude. Yep. And if they're off on a credential or something needs, like we'll work with that and grow Entirely. that, but you can't, teach attitude yeah right we can train but we can't we can't mold that personality and and that does exist in your community right like you know you know so when i hire you know there's lots of people that i love that just won't work in this particular context yes and it's okay that i don't allow them to come into this particular context there's people that i love that are appropriate in certain parts of my life that aren't appropriate in others and it's okay for me to set those boundaries like Sorry, no, you're not allowed to talk about my marriage, really. You can talk about it, but I'm not going to listen. Right. You know what yeah. I mean? And like, yeah, yeah. and there's other people that's like, okay, like I'm going to make these career decisions or whatever. Like that's appropriate. There's some people that 
that I'm okay with being in the loyal coffee environment that just, they might not work and they're great people and they might even thrive in another one. But how do we hire for our yeah. own our own community and our, our own culture. inner circles, yep, absolutely. you know, and there's some people that are more prone than others to thrive within those environments. Totally. And we have to curate those in order to create environments of hospitality yeah. and yeah. stuff in our own life. If you have people, if you hire the wrong employees, they're going to suck the life out of you Yep. because yep. they're going to take all your work. They're going to cause a lot of problems. And But but the same thing exists in our life. Yeah, when your you friends. are surrounded with, with crappy people, crappy things are going to happen. Yep. So you've got to like set those boundaries and learn. And figure out how to how to identify those kinds of things, and so it all it all comes all comes together really well. Tyler, thank you. You're welcome. Remind us one more time how to get Yo. involved and, and see <laughs> yeah, where if, you're at. So, on a professional way, uh, meaningfulhospitality.com is okay. where you can find any of my content, um, and that's exa- also what my podcast is called, Meaningful Hospitality, where I talk um, all about creating meaningful experiences for employees, for your guests, and for your community. Um, so yeah, if you just hit up meaningfulhospitality.com, you can find everything um, that I'm involved with. Well, Tyler, thank you for yes. the last two weeks. My really pleasure. Appreciate it. My pleasure. We'll see ya. Thank you for joining us on Candid Conversations. We are so glad that you were here today. And we hope that if something came up for you that piqued your interest or that you have more questions about, you feel the freedom to call Mayfield Counseling Centers. We're not just here for people in Colorado Springs. We want to help everybody we can. So if you have any questions, email us at candid at mayfieldcounseling.com, or you can check out our website, YouTube channel, or Facebook page, where we post resources on a pretty consistent basis. We'd love to help you in whatever we can. Feel free to reach out.